You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded in Kingston, Ontario, Canada, at CFRC, 1019 FM, Queen's University Campus. It's June, Taylor. We made it. Uh, no, I actually saw a really um, funny post that's like a couple of people made this joke actually, where they said like, "Okay, June's up. Whose role is it in Jumanji?" Because <laughs> that's how, yeah, that's how our world is. Is you're, it's just a game, big game of Jumanji going on. Pretty much. Yeah. Like, what? What is your worst nightmare? What else could happen? That's June. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. June is like, like, who's gonna roll the die? What's gonna happen next? Killer shark. Yeah, killer, killer sharks. Yeah, killer sharks. <laughs> that is my, honestly, Taylor, like, I'm not even joking. One of my greatest fears have always been, like, large sea creatures, mainly whales, huh. because they also used to have legs. Like, way back in the evolutionary chain, they, they were land-dwelling at some point in time. They could switch from the land to the water, land to the water. And I just think that would be terrifying. Could you imagine a massive it? whale walking down the street? Like, it would be, oh. What's to say they won't walk again? Well, I don't know. I mean, there's, I guess, exactly, that's the thing. Like, there's no, to me, to me, there's no proof that evolution is not a circle. So, I don't know, maybe it'll end up that way. They've done it once. What's not to say they won't do it again? Thank you, Taylor. You just, honestly, you just gave vindication to my entire uh, existence. Um, Also, like, what's really interesting about um, going into June is that just some just some lighter movie news, if we can, um, is uh, there, there's been, at least in Ontario, there was an amendment that uh, drive-in theaters can, can start to reopen, which is interesting. Yeah, I did see that, but bummer for Kingston. Bummer for Kingston, because we don't have one anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Do you yeah. even know who bought that, like, fun it world? Like, I don't even know. It was like, oh, a shell company from Montreal. I don't know. It's like, probably for development. Airport? The, yeah, the article I read, um, they, like, named the business in a really weird way where, like, I had to, like, Google it. Uh, like, it's not, like, it wasn't, like, Joe Smith bought it, bought yeah, it, right? It was, yeah. like, a special type of corporation bought it, which, right. yeah, makes me think they're going to build condos. Yeah. But Development, yeah. You never know. And I said to Dan, oh, maybe we'll take a ride to Piston. Because Picton has the drive-in, but I guess that's not very good social distancing. Apparently, bias. yeah. I mean, there's no there's no strict law about it yet, but there's definitely a you shouldn't travel a certain distance out there. I've read a couple different, like, actual radiuses and kilometers thing, but it's basically like you shouldn't travel outside your city, basically, is what they're saying. And that's fair. You know, like, I'm not going to, like compromise no and like you we're we're gonna keep you busy with movies this month so yeah. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna it's gonna be fine it'll be uh we'll get you through it but uh yeah i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of things happening in the world right now and i, I again i just hope like we always say that we can distract you for an hour um everybody listening like i, I hope we can provide a little bit of fun movie talk and we have fan questions again this episode and we're talking about our first new movie review since all this started we've got the lovebirds that that taylor saw and i believe you said you were seeing you and your friends were doing another group watch for this so 
did not work out this no. time there, around. Well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Val was not available. And Aparashta um, is back in India. She had a very whirlwind um, extradition or something. There, She called it, not extradition, because that means she committed a crime. She called it, like, being repatriated. Oh. I don't know. Again, this is, again uh, if we have any lawyers in the audience, please explain this to me. But essentially, like, she... She was stranded in Canada right. because of the lockdown. That's what she was saying, yeah. And her, the, the Indian embassy finally was able to um, arrange travel for her to go home because India is where she's from. That's her home. Um, so because of the time change, I tried to pick a time that would have worked for her. I watched it at 11 a.m. on a Sunday thinking, oh, if the time changed, she would be ready. She was asleep. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you mistimed it a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, like, she was like, I think, um, like, I don't think it actually would have been that late in India. Like, I think it would have been, like, 7 o'clock at night, maybe. But because of um, jet lag and oh, everything, yeah. Yeah. Um, she just goofed it a bit. Yeah. So, anyways, I watched it by myself at 11 a.m. on a Sunday. Okay. Which is kind of a weird <laughs> time. Like, but, you know... I'll get into my interview, or sorry, my review. It was great, but we'll we'll get to it. Okay, we we will get to that. We will discuss uh, soon uh, that movie. We've, as I said, we are going to kick off with some fan questions, and and there was a couple that actually pertained to specifically the Lovebirds, so we'll talk about that as well. Um, the first thing, though, I want to say about fan questions as we get into it is we did it, Taylor. We have defeated Josh. <laughs> no questions from Josh this week. I'm sure he forgot because he's a busy guy, but I'm going to rub it in his face. He tapped out. <laughs> yeah, he's done. He's finished with fan questions. We always love hearing from Josh, but uh, I didn't think his streak could keep up personally. Um, it's uh, it's tough. It's tough to write questions in each week. But honestly, Valiant Effort, he did it for almost uh, almost an entire month, I think. Or at least maybe even a little bit more. I, I think, think he more, started. I think way more because I think he started when we still in the studio oh did he so that's like three months oh i thought uh, i thought he started in and around court but no you're right i think that's you're you're we right i think studio. we were in studio when josh began so there you go um we uh and you know what to his credit they were good questions oh josh brought it every week like as as much as uh you know i guess we now that we've seen all the questions we can we can look at Josh as, as a whole as a as a questioner. Uh, yeah, he he brought great questions. Uh, all of them were well thought out, uh, very interesting, and some of them even started conversations, which are my favorite fan questions. Is when you say something and it starts a conversation, and then even we come back to it and keep talking about it. Like I I love that. I love that type of talk. It's to me, it's the best distraction. It's the best way to to kind of relax is to have a little bit of movie talk. So he did a great job with that. Oh yeah. Um, so, fan question-wise, we're going to start off with Nikki, um, who asks, When I sat down to watch The Lovebirds, I found, at first, this combo was a very unlikely duo to be, quote-unquote, lovebirds. But I was pleasantly surprised by both of them. I assume she means the, uh, the lead actors. Uh, do yeah. you have a favorite on-screen duo that maybe you thought would not be a great fit, but ended up working out really well. Any acting pairs that work out really well for you? Um, Nikki is right. The, and again, I'll address it in my review. The leads were had great chemistry. Like to me, like again, like you 
you might look, you might judge a book by a cover and look at the poster and say, oh, that's kind of a weird pairing. But um, in terms of the chemistry, they were great. Um, so there you go. <laughs> um, for my couples or for my duos that I didn't think would be good but were good is that the remake of 21 Jump Street with Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum. Mm-hmm. Like, never would I have thought that they would be good together. I guess, um, so my exposure to Channing Tatum is pretty limited. Sure. So the things that I think of for him are Magic Mike mm-hmm. and um, the uh, the movie with um, Amanda Bynes. Oh, okay. Where Amanda um, Bynes is... Oh, the soccer she's movie. The she's the man. Yeah, she's the man. Yeah, yeah. So at first I was, this is why I lost my train of thought, because at first I was thinking Magic Mike, and I thought, <laughs> Channing Tatum's not really a comedian, and then I thought, well, he does comedy and she's a man, so that's mm-hmm. why, that's why I was pausing, because all of that was going through my brain. Gotcha, right gotcha. So anyways, um, <laughs> Don't worry, we'll make that pause nice and subtle for the recording. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll make it sound a little bit smoother. Yeah, yeah. Um, so because of that thought process, I thought, you know, Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill, like, kind of weird like Jonah yeah. Hill does like almost like gross out comedy obviously now we know he's a, a very accomplished actor he's done serious film whatever but like but at the um, time at he the, hadn't done any of that time, yeah no it was like super bad right like super oh bad for sure that's that's really what we knew him from yeah so you pick like you're putting super bad and magic Mike together I thought no way but you know what it's a great movie yeah Oh, it's uh, excellent. I, I love 21 Jump Street. Very funny. Very good. And the sequel was pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. So that would be my pick for an unlikely duo. That's a good pick. I mean, that's... And I and I get your reasoning, because, again, you just don't think of those particular people as a duo. Um, will, will it work or not? Um, my pick is, is kind of... Uh, almost cheating on the duo a bit, because I don't know if, if you want to think of these as a, necessarily as a, as a duo, but... In the first um, Kingsman movie, you had uh, our kind of first exposure to Taron Egerton, uh, yeah. who, would, who would go on to play, um, obviously, um, Elton John. Elton John. But you also had Colin Firth. And so to me, what made this, uh, the to kind of answer the second part of her question, like where you were surprised, I went into the movie going, okay, this is like a British James Bond movie. Is Colin Firth really going to work? Like, that was really all I was thinking. I didn't know this kid, this Taron Egerton guy. Like, I had no idea who he was. Couldn't say his name. Didn't know anything about him because he was right out of theater school. And what happened was I was not only pleasantly surprised by by both of them, their chemistry and the way they work together is this, like, mentorship, this uh, kind of agent who's been around a while recruiting a younger guy. It worked out so well. And Colin Firth is, like, plays the action perfectly. I just never seen him as an action guy. He'd always been this kind of like, you know, stuffy English man or he plays like maybe a romantic interest in a movie, but I'd never seen him like that. So kind of my pick is I didn't necessarily question the duo because I didn't have any backing for them. It's just I thought the movie wasn't going to work. I didn't understand like how this would happen and then was just it was it became one of my favorite movies. Like I loved it. They were both so good in it. Um really really excellent movie the first kingsman movie even the second one i really enjoyed a lot just not as as much as the first so to me that's kind of an on again a duo that i hadn't really thought um is this really gonna work and and then it did yeah sometimes i guess 
right? They're gonna they're like, oh, you don't think these two are gonna go together, and then that's what makes it work. Well, I mean, that was I guess the logic behind the twenty one jump G cap yes, thing, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, and, so. and and I get that, and and I think that it's interesting because then you put actors together like nobody really said anything when Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt were in a movie together, but that only just happened last year, and that was the first time they were ever in a movie together. But somehow, because of their probably because of their level of acting, you just kind of assume, oh, okay, this is going to be good. They're both really good. But then when you look at people who are at the beginning of their career, I think we do as audiences we we pigeonhole people into things so like well i've only seen them do oh, this one sure. thing can they do anything else and i think because even that's what a lot of the things i heard about um the lovebirds beforehand and and a lot of people from what i see agree with you like they love the pairing and the chemistry is great but uh uh issa ray i think is is um one of the is she's, she's the female, the female right? lead. Yeah. okay so her tv her tv show for hbo is really what most people know her from Right, like she, she's has. I didn't a, even really recognize her. Yeah, Insecure like, is the name of her show on HBO. That's it. That's really her big claim to fame. Yeah. Aside from that, I don't think I haven't seen her in anything, and I haven't even I hadn't even seen her in that. So she was like a brand new face to me. Mm. And then I knew I knew the other guy. Um, what's his name? Oh. <laughs> Um, Camille uh, Nijar- uh, Jid- um, yes. Am I, I yes. What's his last name? Camille um, Najjani. Najami? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Camille. Uh, yes. Najami. I think is how you say it. Um, I just knew him because of The Big Sick. Like I'd never seen that movie, but he's been in the news so much because of that movie. I recognized his face. So really, I was coming to these. Um, I came to that movie with no frame of reference for them as actors, let alone, like, acting together. Wow. That's interesting. That's interesting that you came with, like, very little reference for either of them. I mean, yeah. you know, to be fair, even even though they've only, they've only been in a couple things, so they are relatively new and young actors. Um, he was actually just um, cast in the next coming Marvel movie. Like, he's going to be in the next couple Marvel films. So, um, you know, he's going to, I think, break out. Um, the minute you do a massive blockbuster, <laughs> you're set. <laughs> you're set for life. Um, but this movie was supposed to hit the theater, so it's interesting that they, they decided... Well, maybe we'll talk about that a little later, but it's interesting that they decide to put it right to Netflix as opposed to waiting, waiting for a couple of months for it to go uh-huh. out. Yeah, even though, like, these are... To me, these are young breakthrough stars you think you'd want to keep it for when theaters return but they decided let's put it out on netflix Cut our yeah pretty much i mean that's all you can do is like netflix will buy it you'll get a portion of your money it's probably they were thinking we got to cut our losses but um so far it's been a critical success so hopefully that's that's a good sign uh next question comes from lily who wanted to follow up with about the wes anderson conversation um, okay. She said that uh, Wes Anderson as a director can be a bit artsy for me. Um, so when I was introducing it to my sister, I wanted to introduce him as a director but do something that was a little bit less artsy. So I really appreciated Taylor's suggestions and thank you for those because it's good to introduce somebody to a new type of filmmaking, which to me, Wes Anderson can bring something a little new that people are not expecting. So that that's kind of a different... I mean, I, we kind of asked about this when that question came in is... Mm-hmm. what feeling of Wes Anderson and, and I get that like from an artsy side he does do 
stylized things. And if that's not your your thing, you might find him very weird and strange. Yeah, I'm like, it's definitely, um, it's not like you're a run-of-the-mill blockbuster when you watch a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. But I think his world-building is perfect for quarantine. Oh, I agree. Like, if you're he sucks looking, you in. Like, yeah. If you're looking for a story that can just, like, immerse yourself in, that's, like, really beautiful to watch, um, I highly recommend Wes Anderson. And then, just as another, just, like, off-handed movie wreck, Call Me By Your Name would be a really good quarantine movie. It's long, but it's beautiful, great acting, great story, completely unrelated to Wes Anderson, but I don't know, just that thinking of a movie to watch now that the weather's getting nice but we're still stuck in the house, call me by your name. That would be my other wreck. It is available on Crave. If anyone has Crave, I have Crave. Yep. Call me by your name is on Crave. Um, So Lily asks, um, my question for this week is actually just more about both of you. What is a day in the life for Taylor and Mike during all this COVID stuff? Are you both working? Are you happy and safe? I certainly hope so. And Taylor, is there any word on your wedding if that's going to happen with love lily lily's so sweet um do you want to give a stab at your day there mike oh sure a day in the life of uh, this is gonna bore everybody um <laughs> i hope i am lily i hope i don't disappoint you um pretty much um I, I like to try to put a little bit of routine in. So my, my weekdays, I try to keep pretty structured. So a weekday for me is generally, um, I get up pretty early in the morning. I put together a little half hour like exercise routine for myself because I, I used to play squash quite a bit and I don't have that. Um, so I do the kind of half hour exercise. I take a nice long walk in the morning uh, just to kind of get things going. And then I am working, but uh, pretty minimally. I work um, in marketing and I have some sort of one-off uh, clients and contracts, like I do a lot of contract work. So um, it, a lot of it is smaller now because of COVID and a lot of my clients had to take a pause because of everything going on. So I, I do work a little bit, but I've kind of maintained that from pretty much noon till like four or five o'clock every day. So I'm, I'm pretty much working part time. And I, and I really condense my time just because I'm not being paid as much. So I really want to be fair to the time that I'm giving. Um, and then my evening is usually um, um, pretty much spending watching movies or TV or, and things like that. It's, it's not, uh, not too much. Um, that's pretty much my, my day today. And then the weekends I get to do a little bit more um, fun stuff. I get to relax a little bit more and, and actually um, uh, kind of feel like summer's starting a little bit. Like I'm starting to kind of relax, get outside, those types of things. But my, my during COVID time has been pretty much wake up, exercise, walk, come back, have some lunch, um, work for, for several hours, maybe go on an, an afternoon walk if the weather's not too bad. Um, and then, yeah, evening is filled with movies and TV. That's pretty much it. Not a horrible life. No, and I'm, I'm kind of, it's not too bad. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the type of person that does miss seeing a lot of people. I miss um, being social and having, I used to, you know, throw little, parties or board game nights with friends like at least once a month I try to do something so I am missing that and I definitely miss going out every once in a while to dinner somewhere to the movies obviously and I miss sports 
I'm a big sports person. I would just sit and watch football and hockey and that's all the time. So if I had something like that, I, I think it'd be going a little better. So I'm a little cagey, but you know, I'm doing stuff trying to keep things different and every once in a while do something new, um, challenge myself with something. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Cool. What about you? What's, what's it? Do you want to get into your, give us a day in your life first and then you can talk about your wedding. Yeah. So I, um, I'm really fortunate that I am working from home and my hours haven't been cut. So it's like I'm, you know, I'm still getting paid the same I would if I was in the office, which I know not everyone is so lucky. Right. Um, either they've been forced to not, you know, work at all or their hours have been cut back. So I'm lucky that um, um, both Dan and I um, are doing our, our jobs, like our full jobs from home. Um, I'm pretty busy because I um, facilitate a youth employment program um, and COVID hasn't stopped that. The only thing is it's moved online. So um, that's been something new to me. So normally I wake up, have a shower, and I, I jump on the work laptop um, pretty much right away. And I put in like a full day of work from about 8 to 4.30. Right. Um, and, it, you know, it looks different but also the same like I'm still doing the same things everything is just online now um which sometimes takes longer because you're trying to track down clients and instead of being able to be face-to-face with them you have to call them or email them so a lot of my day is just kind of communicating either by text or email trying to track down uh like 17 year olds (laughs) there's some people who enjoy that though like the ability to work from home even if it makes it a little tougher like are you do you like overall find it's not too bad do you you enjoy that or are you kind of missing being in an office setting i do i'm it's a struggle not being able to communicate with my clients face to face because they are um barriered so um it can be a little bit you don't how much is getting lost in translation sometimes by doing things remotely. Um, but I don't, I don't mind working from home. Once the secure, once the emergency ban is lifted by the province, our office is going to start reopening and we're going to, it looks like we'll do, um, a week on a week off with two different teams. So like I would be in the office for a week and then work from home from a week for a week, which to me is like the best of both worlds. Like, I'll be able to do, like, all of my paperwork, all of my office stuff, and then the following week, you know, I'm at home working from home. So, right. um, I, I really am looking forward to that, um, just, like, a balance of both. So, that's kind of what, and then, you know, after um, 4.30 comes around, normally I make dinner, um, I'm working on a little certificate, <laughs> um, so I do homework on Mondays and Sundays, and then the rest of the week, Dan and I kind of just will watch something in the evenings, uh, walk Teddy, our puppy, and then kind of just, we're kind of, we go to bed fairly early, so then we're off to bed, so that's kind of what a day in the life of Taylor looks like. Well, it's pretty good that you have a little bit of normalcy in there, like it seems like a relatively normal day, which is nice. Yeah, like I, um, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have work. Yeah. I think I would just like the fact that things are already 
so not normal yeah. that um, if I was to take work out of the equation, like honestly, I'd probably go crazier than I'm already going crazy. It's so. really tough. I mean, I, I know it, it, even to me, sometimes it sounds like, wouldn't it be great to not have to work? But it's been really tough. Like the hour cut back and how much like little there is to do. It's really tough. So well, <laughs> believe me, it is. <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, it's not even like, Oh, like summer vacay, like I'm off work. It's like we're not allowed to no. like go places. No, it'd be different if you were allowed to go somewhere. Yeah, that would be totally yeah, like, different. Yeah. If they were like, Oh, you can't work but like you can go to the beach, great, I'd be at the beach every day, right? But <laughs> yeah, exactly, not, for sure. <laughs> that's just that's not the not scenario me. we're living in. <laughs> so yeah, I'm um, really glad to just be working. I mean working from home does cause some stress again just because of the nature of my job. Sure. But at least that's something to do, right? Yeah. Like, at least I'm doing that. Yeah. So, that's good. And Lily wanted to know about my wedding. Yes. <laughs> so, I'm really um, kind of, like, at a crossroads right now. Like, everyone I talk to, it's like, oh, we're trying to look into a crystal ball. Like, there isn't really, um, there isn't really much we can do. So, luckily... Um, Lily, if you were listening prior to lockdown, when I was giving my other updates, pretty much everything was planned, and all that needed to happen was for us to get married. Um, so right now, we've decided that no matter what, um, we're still going to have the wedding ceremony, like at the church. Like we're going to get legally married um, on the same day that we were always supposed to get married, like at the church we were supposed to get married at. Um, because even based on current COVID laws or whatever you want to call it, um, we would be observing social distancing because there would only be five of us at the, the ceremony. Right. So, um, we are currently operating as if we are allowed to get married, like full, full tilt, you know, like we're going to, I haven't canceled the reception like we are hoping that the reception can still go ahead as normal obviously um if the province you know in in august is still not allowing groups to gather Mm -hmm. then we would have to cancel right yeah so today i called my venue and um the owner was really great like obviously um this is his this is his job like he he runs weddings all year. Like, he knows, like, what kind of state I'm in. Um, so he, they, him and his partner made the decision to not open their bookings for 2021. So for any weddings that need to be canceled for 2020, they get first dibs for 2021. Oh, okay. So um, today I talked to him and we booked a backup date, um, which is just, it's like a a year and one week um, from my original date. And so the thought is, you know, if we have to cancel um, in 2020, we would just revert to the backup date in 2021. Yeah. Um, so that's good news. That's really like good. Some people, some people are postponing and have no, can, can, like, no backup plan. Like, they're, you know, they've lost their deposits, the venue can't accommodate them for next year. So we're in a position where, um, at the very least, we do have a backup plan. It's obviously not ideal. Like, none of this is ideal. It's not ideal 
if we host and only some of our family can come and it's not ideal if we have to postpone. So I'm kind of just trying to make the best of it. Um, but it's very sad. I'm not going to lie. Like, if no one, no one plans to have a milestone during the pandemic. Just like my heart goes out to anyone who has to cancel birthdays, graduations, um, oh, anything you know, like, like re- that. Absolutely. Religious celebrations. Um, maybe you had to cancel, like, any any like kind of big milestone. Yeah, right? any big like, event, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's really crummy for everyone. So I, I guess I'm in good company. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's yeah. good that, every, you know, it's good that the venue's being understanding. It's good that there's some flexibility, which is what everybody needs right now. Like, I think we're all... We're all kind of in this boat of, of if you are if you're lucky enough that you're not uh, showing symptoms and you're not sick or you don't know anyone who is sick, you still have other things going on that are being canceled yeah. or moved. So yeah, it's it's good that you've found a little bit. There's a little bit of hope there where there's you know you've got a backup date and it's ready and you that you know that's good. You've got something. And our venue is really, and I want to like assure all our listeners, like if the province says we can't have a party, we're obviously not going to have a party, sure, right? Of like that's what the backup's for. Um, but the venue's already been great about um, kind of visualizing what a social distance wedding would look like. Oh, so, great. You know, he's ta- he talked about how um, serving dinner, what serving dinner will look like, um, how we'll space out the tables if we need to space out the tables. So another good thing is I'm getting married in a barn, so it's it's not as contained as if it was in, like, a a banquet hall. Right. You know, there's the circulation of air and stuff, so I don't know. I'm, like, I was feeling, like, miserable this morning, but now I'm feeling a little bit more confident. That seems to be my COVID experience. Like, some days I'm like, yeah, this is great. Like, I don't know if you've seen the, the memes, Mike, where it's like, you know, day one, oh, this is awesome. Day two, oh, no, like, this is the worst. Day three, I'm making bread. Day four, I'm crying. Like, you know, yeah, like, I haven't seen any like, of those. No, that sounds pretty funny, though. <laughs> but that's me, like, oh, yeah, works fine, whatever. Next day, I'm crying because I might have to cancel my wedding. Next day, it's fine because I'm watching a good movie. So, yeah, that's kind of That's it? Where <laughs> that's where you're at? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, there's there's at so. least some hope there, and, and certainly our fans, and we all hope that it works out for you, but... Yeah, like everybody else, it's just waiting. It's just a waiting yeah. game. We're trying to see what happens next. Um, last question comes from Akil, who says, uh, I've been reliving my childhood with Disney+. Plus. I can clearly remember so many scenes from movies, even though I don't always remember the entire film. I can remember a scene or a moment, but then I find out, oh, look, it's from this movie from my childhood. Are there any scenes that are that memorable for you? So much that you can remember it now clearly even though you saw it when you were a kid. So any anything from you, Taylor, that springs to mind of you remember a scene or a moment in a movie very clearly? Probably the biggest one that stuck with me, but it, this might be a, a little bit cheating because I, I watched this movie like probably once a year, but um, in, a princess, in, in The Princess Bride, when Wesley is in the machine that sucks the life out of him. Oh, yes, yeah. Um, that, like, really struck me. Like, I remember being very little and being at my cousin's house and watching that and just, like, having a nightmare that night. (laughs) It's interesting because that was one of the, the, like, I was reading a lot about, like, 
these kind of moments that stick with people. And it's one of those moments that like in kids movies, you didn't see that often where, where you're, you're kind of protect, not really. Well, I guess he wasn't necessarily the protagonist, but kind of like he's, he's one of the leads or he's the, the hero. hero. The hero is put in a situation where he actually doesn't get out of it last minute. <laughs> and, and for a moment you're like, wait, what? Like, is, is he gone? And yeah, that's, that's interesting. Like that's, that's one of those moments people talk about a lot. So that would be, I think that, that's the one I would pick. Um, it's hard. I can even, I can even, like, more so even than the scene, like, I can remember being at my cousin's house right, having the feeling. a nightmare about yeah. it. Having yeah. a nightmare about it. Like, I can remember the bed, like, where my sister was. Like, yeah, so, um, yeah, that's fine. For me, there are a lot of scenes from, uh, from movies that I think I, I wasn't super young, but I was still pretty young and watching for the first time, like Independence Day. There are still moments from Independence Day that I remember more clearly than even the movie. And it's, I definitely remember as a kid those scenes sticking with me, just be, from being scared or it being very dark and not knowing kind of what was going to happen next. And um, even even as I got a little older, like I would still remember those scenes. It's harder for me because I don't remember a lot from very young. Like I don't have a great memory, but I, I can remember little moments. Um, a similar one actually to yours, Taylor, is uh, in the movie Mystery Men. Um, I remember the moment where Greg Kinnear's character is, is a spoiler alert, is killed. Um, this is, to me, was the first time I'd ever really seen a superhero character that that was killed, um, and I I mean I wasn't super young, but I was still relatively young, young enough to be like, what is going on? Because it's you know it's a movie about these other heroes, but your main kind of person who who is supposed to be the protector of the city is put in danger, and that that always stuck with me. It's like I can't believe that just happened, even though it's in a lighthearted comedy movie. It's a scene that stuck with me as well. I don't know if there's anything I can really remember from from so young that like the Disney and and cartoons, but. Even from watching Disney Plus, I've had a similar experience to Akil where something will happen and, and suddenly it jogs my memory and it's like, oh yeah, I remember watching this movie. Like, is this something in the movie? There's a scene or a moment that makes me go, oh, right, this. Um, it definitely has happened and Disney Plus has opened up those doors for me, definitely. You know what another one I'm thinking of that is specific to childhood because I haven't seen this movie in a really long time. This in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the original one, okay. like not the Tim Burton one, right. where Charlie and Grandpa drink the fizzy water and are floating towards the ceiling, and there's like blades. Oh, yes. And they think they're yeah. going to get sucked into the... They're going to get sucked in. I think like there's like a lot of... And even the scene where they're in that gondola and that like... Willy Wonka singing that weird song, and they're in that tunnel. Yeah. Oh, that? yeah. The weird one where every all the lights go crazy and, and strange. Like, yeah. 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 Like, like it's really creepy. Yeah. So clearly, all the scenes that stuck with me were kind of like the scary ones. Right. You know? Yeah. Like that the, seems to be what happens: is the scarier things stick with you. The child snatchers from. Um, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, yeah. That yeah. one, my sister used to hide under our, our coffee table when that scene would oh. come on in the movie. <laughs> um, I just thought of a of kind of another, like, so Will, I was a big Will Smith, I still am a big Will Smith fan, but definitely when I was a kid, like, he, I mean, he was in all the action movies that would come out every oh, summer. Yeah. Like, it'd be, you know, you're going to see what's, 
how's Will Smith saving the world this summer is basically what ended up happening. He was a big star. Oh, yeah. I mean, he. I still think he is. Um, I think we've kind of moved away from singular stars, but I, he, he was massive for years. Yeah. Um, coming off of Fresh Prince and doing all the movies. And, I mean, obviously he was in Independence Day, but I still remember, even though I don't even think the movie's that great, is Wild Wild West. I can still remember scenes and moments and lines between him um, and uh, I can't remember the name of the uh, other actor who's in that. Another famous comedic actor who's in a lot of stuff. Um, I think his last name's Klein, but I can't remember his first name. But Will Smith... Chris, is it? I don't think so. I, I can't remember, um, but Will Smith just the the way he can it's riff. Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein. That's it. Kevin Klein. So the the way Will Smith can riff it ha- has been something that obviously like made his career. But there is just in that movie specifically, I feel like there's just moments where they just said, "Okay, just keep going, and we'll keep what we want." Um, and there's just some there's still some moments and lines from that 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 still make me laugh um, with everything. That he does, especially when he he accidentally uh, does something inappropriate uh, to to a woman who he thinks is Kevin Klein dressed up as a woman, and so they want to hang him, and he's just up, kind of giving the speech, trying to distract them and trying to convince them not to hang him in the village square, and it, those moments are hilarious. Just his his riff, and he goes on about about history and sort of his role in it, and what's going, you know, and, and what he was trying to do, and it's just so. To me, it's so Will Smith, and those types of moments stick with me when I think of like an actor or a movie. I, I think of those moments of like, oh, this to me defines this person. Their his ability to riff, incredible. Um, okay, so that brings us to the end of fan questions. Thank you everybody for for uh, writing in. Sorry, Josh, that you missed this week. Um, moving on now to Taylor's review of The Lovebirds. Taylor, what did you think? So. It is plural. Okay. I yeah, didn't know no, if it was birds. or not. Love, love birds. Okay. So, um, as you know, I was supposed to group watch this, and I didn't end up getting to, but it was still a really great experience. So, um, it really does feel like a movie theater movie. Really? Like summertime, like summertime release. Um, that, because... Sometimes you watch Netflix movies and, um, like, Netflix originals, yeah. and they still have a little bit of that, like, made-for-TV quality. It feels like it's made-for-TV, yeah. Not always, but, like... But sometimes. Netflix is, yeah, Netflix is certainly getting better, but every, like, you know, still, like, um, it, it still feels a little bit small-screeny. Like, this felt like a blockbuster um, so it was fun to watch because we haven't had any of that. The last black blockbuster, black blockbuster I went to <laughs> was um, Sonic. Sonic, so yeah, it's been, yeah. It's been like three plus months since kind of experiencing film in that way, and it was really rewarding. And I'm glad I watched it. Um, would it have been nice to be sitting in a movie theater eating popcorn with my girlfriends while watching it? Yes. That was going to be actually my question to you is, is do you think that that would have been, do do you like, do you think that if they had kept this movie back a couple months and did release it in theaters, like, do you think you lose something from, from watching it at home? You know, what's funny. Um, 
I haven't heard a lot about this movie, and it's almost a blessing that um, it was released to Netflix, because on face value, like, if you were to look at the poster and kind of read the synopsis, I maybe would have passed it up in the theater. Really? You don't think you would have given it a shot? I think it would have been, I would have just been like, oh, it's just like another kind of like funny, like, kind of like a silly, like a... Romantic comedy adventure. Not romantic, but like making me think of like Game Night. Oh, Game Night, yeah. Such a great movie though. (laughs) Well, like, again, it's like, it looks okay, but there's so many movies that come out, like I'll kind of pat, you know, you think, oh, I'll wait for that one. That kind of on face value I thought that's what this movie would be like but it was actually so much better than that it's so interesting to hear you say that though because I I just we're on literal opposite sides of this because I actually had the feeling of the minute it was going to Netflix my brain went oh okay it's going to be like a Netflix originally thing like I again I had to do some research and realize that it was supposed to go into theaters and I actually remember seeing a trailer for this before things shut down but I, I actually had the opposite reaction. So it's good to hear that, that it, it is actually worth watching because I was sort of thinking it's kind of Netflixy. It's neither one of those things. Really? It's not, yeah. like a, it's not like a Netflix original made for TV and it's not like a kind of a, a passable summer flick. Wow. You know That's I mean? great like, to hear. That's really good to hear. But maybe I'm just starved. For good movies. You know? <laughs> maybe, maybe you just <laughs> were I'm like, like, I just can't like, wait for this. <laughs> oh my god, this is the first time I saw a new movie in forever. It was amazing. But um, it was just the like acting, like the chemistry between the two leads off the charts. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I didn't have a lot of expectations because I haven't followed either of their careers, even if it is new. Um, I haven't really seen their stuff. So pleasantly surprised by the leads writing was super funny like I was laughing out loud like Dan probably thought I was having a brain aneurysm really like just laughing alone in the bedroom um it was a you know a quirky funny story so the premise is that it's this couple who have been dating for four years and they decide to break up and the moment that they decide to break up this crazy crime occurs <laughs> that um, essentially they're now stuck with each other for the night wow. after wanting to have broken up. Wow. Um, so like a pretty good, like a pretty unique premise. Like Definitely. Even though it's like more or less like your run-of-the-mill kind of comedy crime caper, um, it has like a pretty interesting catalyst. Um so yeah, like I just really enjoyed it. Um, so would you say then, like this, this kind of had like a romantic comedy, but also thriller, but also like crime movie mix thing? Because I, I mean, I, you say com- the comparison to Game Night, like that—that that to me sounds exactly kind of what Game Night was. Like, there's a little bit of everything within there. Like, does yeah. it? How? What is it? Does it lean on anything specifically, or is it very unique? Or so it almost feels like a Brooklyn Nine Nine episode. Really? Where okay. a crime has occurred, sure. and you're following this zany cast <laughs> during trying the crime. <laughs> to um, trying to figure out like what the crime is. Um, they're essentially like without trying to give anything away. They're essentially trying to clear their name for a crime. Okay. So it really, like, if you like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you'll probably like this movie. If you like, it almost 
it kind of reminds me in terms of like the crime aspect it reminds me of the other guys of the other guys not as raunchy sure but just like there being like there's like crime happening and again you have these like zany characters who are kind of just like trying to figure things out um and yeah it was just like very likable you know what I mean yeah and it's it's nice, again, like, for me, because of everything that's just going on in my personal life with COVID-19, I don't want anything that's too demanding on me. Um, and so, like, to me, this movie is, like, really, it, like, it just reminds me of going to see a movie with my girlfriends in, like, the middle of July. Right. Which is, it's almost surprising that it was a May release. Like, yeah, it was supposed it, to be I out think, in May. Or even maybe April. Like, to me, this feels like a June or July. Well, it might also be the idea of that counter-programming. Because a lot of things that happen in March and May now, you get some superhero movies usually. Um, and I think the idea of, like, put put something different in there and it's going to really catch um, people's attention might might have right. been the idea of releasing this early. It's like, okay, counter-programming. And those that in the past has done very well. Counter-programming has really helped to sell movies so maybe they were trying to just get it in front of as many people as possible maybe I mean we'll see like how it does I like I said I really enjoyed it I don't know if everyone loves like kind of screwball comedy but um, if you do kind of like that little veiny screwball caper I think you'll enjoy it Um, it does have some commentary on race and on, like, social media, which kind of, like, is, um, it's just kind of part part and parcel to film now, with them kind of, like, sliding in those little, like, critiques. Of course. That's not a bad thing. No. Um, and, like, in, in some instances, it's important, but, like, there's, like, some things about social, like, race stuff, important, especially now. Like, I don't want to sound flippant, especially given what's happened in the past week yeah. um, in America and everything. Like, and we need to continue to have those conversations. So kind of want to backpedal on the race stuff. But in terms of, like, the social media commentary, like, I don't know, like, I think it's going to feel a little old sure. in a couple years. Yes. Like, so like, that's oh, the problem like, with social media commentary is that you, it, it's ever-changing, whereas the commentary about race is very, very much a now thing. And I agree and with like, everything you're saying. Class, yeah. Like, if you want to, like, even if it's a comedy, yes, especially in comedy, add um, critiques about race. For sure. It's but, important. Like, that's how like, you keep what? conversations going is you keep bringing it up. You keep it in your popular media. That's how you keep the conversation going. There's one scene where... There's, like, a couple scenes about the social media, but there's, like, one scene where, um, you know, her phone blings, and he goes, oh, aren't you going to look at that? And she's like, no. And he's like, you can't go two seconds without looking at your phone, which is just, like, so cliche now. (laughs) Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I guess, like, it is authentic if, like, for a couple to have that conversation. Yeah, I dated someone who was like that, whose head was buried in her phone constantly and, like, couldn't put it down. Yeah. That's, like, one of the, like, the tropes in the movie. But I'm just kind of like, okay, whatever. Like, it's 2020. Like, everyone's buried in their phone. I know, but it is and annoying, like, Taylor. It I is. And People like, shouldn't be so attached to their phones. <laughs> there's another, there's, like, another later in the movie where, like, the character has this epiphany that, like, 
what you see on social media isn't real life. And again, it's like, you're like a 35-year-old woman. Like, but you, unfortunately, like, that's true. No, it, it is. It, it's it, Taylor. It's the unfortunateness. Like I, I work so much in social media. People have no idea. They don't get it. They don't get it in any way. And that's why the commentary of it keeps changing because people keep learning about it. But everyone's so far behind. Like again, maybe it's just because I'm. I have a, a sensitivity towards social media because I work so much in it, and I don't find social media to be evil. I find people to be evil, uh, and because they're using it in, improperly. But you know, it's it's one of those things that yes, unfortunately, people at any age are just learning more about it and have these epiphanies that maybe you or I or someone else might have already. But they're they're behind a little bit. It happens all the time. It's unfortunate, but it does. So maybe, so maybe some people will find it like illuminating. Yeah. I just thought it was like a little bit too on the nose. Sure. You know what I mean? Like I don't think those those jokes will age well. No, um, they no they won't. You're right, they won't. That was just like my like one like my one annoyance was this kind of like critique of social media, which is like whatever. Uh, like if that's the worst thing that's wrong with the movie, then you know. We're laughing, right? Yeah. Like, um, I should mention that the movie comes in at about an hour and a half. Thank God, again. Like, I'm so, I don't know why Hollywood has gone away from an from 90 minute movies. A 90 minute movie is perfect. Sweet spot. It's like chef tip, walk. Like, I love a 90 minute movie. Um, this this movie was um, perfectly timed in the sense that, like, I wasn't like oh, like, I want to spend more time with these people, but I also didn't want to spend less time with them. Like, it was the perfect amount. Um, the action, like, kept going. Like, the action only wrapped up in the, uh, the last kind of 15 minutes of the movie, but it didn't feel rushed. Like, it, everything felt natural in the pacing. Um, so, yeah, like, I just, for me, this is, if this was in theaters, it would be a see it. But certainly, it's a stream it. If you're looking for um, a new movie, Hollywood, quote-unquote, quality, like not Netflix quality, like Hollywood quality, yeah. um, good performances from up-and-coming actors, very smart, witty writing, um, it really just checks all the boxes for me. And two actors that I really do think people are going to see a lot of in the coming future. Um, not just because of my comment about the, the Marvel casting, but also because they are young actors who are just really getting going. They've been in bits things here. Again, I, I believe other than her television show, Issa Rae has not done anything else, or not not a lot. So Nothing you, that I had recognized. No, I, I can't name another thing she's done other, other than her, her show Insecure. So I, I do think you're going to see a lot of both of them over the next couple of years. Um, and from the little I've seen of both of them, I'm excited. that I think it's going to be interesting to see where they can go. Yeah. Well, that's good. So there you go. That's a, that's a stream it, but technically you're saying see it. If, if this was in a theaters, you'd say see it, but we had to change to stream it because we can't go anywhere. Uh, but there you go, the leftwards. Yeah, I know. It's still, I mean, again, there's, as we've talked about, there's worse things going on. But it's, you know, it, movies are a great, way to have conversations with other people and that's I think that's the thing I miss about movies the most is it's not necessarily just going to the theater it's I used to be able to go with a group of friends we'd go see a movie together and then we talk about it 
talk about what we thought yeah. about it, you know, and, and this show gives us a little bit of that. We get to at least talk about it, which is why we, we do our movie clubs, <laughs> because that's, you know, to me, that's that's a way we can at least still have some of the conversations. Um, but yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting to see what happens when movie theaters get going again, to even see what people are going to release. But I was just a little surprised that they would take the Lovebird and say, okay, let's put it on Netflix, as opposed to like all these other movies that get that get bumped and, you know, are eventually going to come out, they say. Yeah, we'll see how many more of these types of movies well, we're going to be. The next official release date is, is Christopher Nolan's Tenant, which is the first week of July. And that has not moved yet. I don't know, like, I don't understand the American reopening. Like, oh, I don't, I have no idea. I don't even try, like, I don't even read the news reports coming out of the states about their reopening, because it just sounds like insanity. I do know movie theaters are opening up there. Yeah, a lot of studios, though, haven't started to release movies yet. Like, the next studio release is in July, so even if some theaters are opening, they must have to play, like Wendy was saying, back catalog stuff, I would imagine. Yeah. I, um... I have a friend in the Netherlands, and she was at a movie theater in the Netherlands this week. Oh, okay. So, um, I mean, the Netherlands weren't as badly hit as the United States. No. So, I don't know, like, we're in such a, like, theaters opening up seems so far off to me. I know. That, like, I can't even, like, wrap my head around like Americans or like Dutch people like sitting in a movie theater right now. I know it just seems, it does seem very far away. And, and you know, from where we are in Ontario, it just looks like we're in for kind of a summer that's going to be different than, than most summers that we've realized as things, I, I'm, you know, things are going to open. It's just going to be slow. It's going to be a slow burn to open again. People are going to be cautious as they should, but yeah, I, I'm right with you there. I, I don't, uh, I don't quite understand it myself. And I, um, I can't imagine sitting in a theater in the next week or two. Like, it, it does seem very far away. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so just before we, we end this week's episode, we're going to tease um, some big stuff coming throughout June. We have a couple. We talked about it weeks later, earlier, <laughs> later, uh, weeks earlier, where we said we had um, a couple big announcements and things coming up in June. We're going to roll things out a little slowly this month, but next week we have our first of the big announcements it's kind of teamed up with another announcement that's kind of coming at the same time. So we'll just let you know that next week we've got uh, some really cool things to talk about. A uh, big announcement coming on next week's episode. And we are also going to uh, launch our movie club next week. Um, we're going to do three movies for the month of June. So next week we're going to announce it. And actually as part of our other secret announcement we've got a little thing that's going with the movie club so we'll give you more information next week but there will be three films in that movie club and you the fans we want you to be a part of it so we'll let you know next week how exactly you can be a part of our movie club but i'm i'm really excited for that and i hope people sign up for it yeah we can't go to the movie theaters at least we can do another movie club our contribution 
pandemic. Yeah, and if you're listening, we hope you will watch along with us. We're trying to pick films um, and themes that kind of connect with as many people as possible, but also films that are easy to find. Um, so you know, you don't have to run out and spend a lot of money and, and try to try to track down these films, at least for for right now. And we want you to engage with us. The whole idea of the movie club is talk to us, tell us what you think of the movies. We'll tell you kind of a little bit what we think. Hopefully, we have a conversation. I was really impressed by how you know we threw last the last movie club together very quickly and i was really impressed by even the people who um, consistently wrote in tyler consistently wrote in we had nicole write in we had a lot of fans write in the last two episodes like we we gained a little bit as we went so i'm really hoping that everyone connects with us again because yeah i love talking about movies and i love hearing what other people think yeah i'm looking forward to it um, until uh, next week, though, we're gonna we're gonna say goodbye to you again. Thank you so much for for either listening to us on CFRC or downloading our podcast. Uh, we hope that you're you're all safe and and healthy and and everything's going okay in your lives. Definitely be sure to continue to write into the show screeningandkingston at gmail if you have any questions, thoughts, or even movie suggestions that you want to give. But as I said. Next week, a couple big announcements coming, um, as well as the rest of June. We'll have lots of cool announcements and things happening. Um, but uh, we'll uh, hopefully connect with you soon. Yeah, and until then, go stream some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.